everybody. Everybody praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Make some noise in the house this morning. Well, we survived the snow and the ice and the rain, and it was bad at our house. We bad. I almost wrecked. My dad almost wrecked. We about had a bad wreck. There was cars everywhere in our barn, in our yard, in our driveway, and our one kid spent the night in his car. I didn't know about it. Down past my uncle's house, and my uh, neighbor had a four-wheel drive tractor and got him out. Daryl Davis, um, next morning, and it was bad, bad, bad. But anyway, I said all that to say, I, you know, I got this um, new position effective December 31st, and so I was just talking, amen, praise the Lord, um, how the devil fights you, amen, and <laughs> the devil's been fighting me over this. Um, and so I'm on probation for a year, which basically means, you know, I have to learn the job within a year or else, <laughs> or I'm out, but, nah, but <laughs> kind of. So I've tried to go, so my office is in Nashville now, but I work from home, but I'll have to go to Nashville sometimes, maybe a couple times a year or something like that. So the devil's <clears throat> been fighting me over it, so I had to get my new badge, my new parking tag, and all this stuff, and just talking about... You know, God has blessings for us that we don't even know anything about. Amen. He has a job for you if you need that, that you don't know anything about. A spouse for you if you need that, that you don't know anything about. A child, a friend, a, a car, a house, a place to live, or whatever you need. Amen. He's got it for you. Amen. So the devil's been fighting me over. So the first, so, so I had to get all set up, my new computer and laptop and all the uh, technology stuff to be able to do my job. So first, it, something went wrong in Nashville, and they forgot about me or something. Then I got assigned to computer worker. Then he got sick, so I got further behind. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to be doing, Lord? Sitting at home, like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> my supervisor saying, <laughs> "You got to do something." I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I have my stuff. So anyway, um, so finally, I was scheduled to go. And then this blizzard hit. <laughs> and then the snow hit. So I couldn't go because of that. And then we set it up, scheduled, and the state office was closed for like a week straight. So I couldn't go because the offices were closed in Nashville. So then I set it up again when I still couldn't get out of my house. So then finally, on Wednesday, I finally got to go. I left early. Um, got there. had to walk through the field. And I had to park my truck at my dad's house and <laughs> walk through the field. And so I finally got to go. And, you know, it's just such, it's such a blessing. So I got there, and long story short, so I've got a place um, right in the middle of downtown Nashville that I knew nothing about, never been there. I think I did go there one time before I got this job. I had to take a test or something, but I don't really remember it. So in downtown Nashville, it's on the 15th floor, praise the Lord, and it overlooks the state capitol building, and you can see the Titan Stadium across the river and stuff. And it's really cool, and so I was just very thankful, and so it made me very humble and very proud, and I give all the praise and the glory to the Lord, amen, for that. And I took some pictures, and I didn't get to stay very long, but, you know, God wants to bless us, amen, and if we serve Him, and we worship Him, and we praise Him, He's got blessings for us that we know nothing about, amen. Amen. And just one more note on that. I was put on this team that I didn't know anything about like a year and a half ago. And that team that I knew nothing about is exactly what my job is now. 
Amen. And it's called UAT and all this stuff. But God knew that. Amen. He knew this position would be open. And he knew that he wanted to bless me. Amen. He wants to bless you and everybody here. And he will do stuff for you. And he will open doors for us that no man can shut. And he'll close doors for us that no man can open. Amen. And he wants to bless us this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, God. I thank you, God, for this church. Lord God, I thank you for getting us back here this Sunday morning. Lord Jesus, pray that you anoint this service, that you anoint your people, Lord God, that we are a peculiar people, Lord God. We are set apart for you, God. We are not like the world, Lord Jesus. We are apart from the world. We are set apart from you, for you, Lord Jesus. We want to do your work, be your hands, your feet, your eyes, your ears in this world, Lord God. I pray that you bless us this morning, that the word will go forth, Lord God, that someone will get saved, Lord Jesus. Someone will get healed, Lord Jesus. Someone will be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues from this church, from this pulpit, this service, Lord Jesus. Please anoint us and help us to praise you this morning. Amen.
And too much moving about But don't tell me to be quiet Or sit down in some pew Oh, if you felt what I felt Then you'd be shouting too It's just like fire Oh, shut up in my bones That Holy Ghost fire Shut up in my bones It's just like fire Shut up in my bones, that Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire. Oh, it shut up in my bones. Amen. We ought to have to call the Holy Spirit Fire Department. The devil ought to be calling for the fire department to come and try to, well, he's already got some put out. There's some he don't have to worry about putting out. Amen. They're put out. Amen. If you got it down in your soul, don't hold it back. If it's down there, let it burn. Don't worry about what somebody else thinks about how your house is burning. Just let it burn. Amen. Because this is a good kind of fire. Amen. See, we've all had the other kind. Didn't we? we tried the drugs. We tried the alcohol. We, we did the stupid before we got saved. But you see, now we're practicing something a whole lot different. What we got is down inside. It can't, it can't be given through a drug, through a drink. You can't get, that's all just an imitation. That's just a, uh, imitation of the real this is the real the fire is the holy ghost and the bible says that every person who is born again whether you've been baptized in it yet or not you still have the holy spirit inside of you so you can't sit back and say well i ain't been filled yet you have been saved you are born again you got a new spirit and you ought to be able to shout you ought to be able to praise god you ought to be able to raise your hands and, and we let stuff we got we let stuff hinder us and let me tell you you can't let the devil hinder you amen the joy of the Lord is our strength 
practice that joy. Let somebody see that joy. Don't worry about what people think about it. Just let God have his way. Amen. Too, for too long, too many Christians have been silent, sitting in the corner, being quiet as they can be, expressing nothing. You don't, you, they're hard to even, it's hard to even tell if they really know the Lord or not. But it's time for the church to come out of that mess. It's time for the church, the Pentecostal church on, in the, Book of Acts, from Acts chapter 2 all the way from there on, you see fire, you see power, you see miracles, you see healings, you see people getting saved, you see people on fire for the Lord. Well, we are supposed to be a part of that remnant. It didn't stop with them. I don't care what these modern-day idiots say. That it, it's all died off with the apostles. That's a lie. It's still real and it's still for us and it's still here. Now you put it into action and let it move through your body and watch what God will do. Amen. Good to see everybody this morning. What a testimony, Adam. Sound like you had a battle all the way. But you know what? The devil is a liar. He's a loser. God, I like what he said. God has good things in the making, things that you don't even know of. There's, I don't know how many times does the Lord confound me when I'm thinking that something's going to turn out one way and it come, turns out a whole different way and it turns out even better than what I expected. Amen. That's how God works. When you think you've got it all figured out, you just cause yourself to stumble. When you think you know how God's going to do something, you have just tripped yourself up. You don't know how God is going to do something. So don't be trying to play God. We don't worship you. We worship Jesus. Amen. He knows what's best for us. So we have to seek Him, follow His will, and whatever He brings our way, hey, go with it. If it, if it's contrary to what you think it ought to be, go with it. And you watch what God will do because there's a blessing in the making in the midst of it. Amen. I have a feeling that God's going to use you through that testimony. The door he's opened for you is going to lead to talking to more people about Jesus. Amen. Promotion. Promotion comes from the Lord. Promotion don't come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. It don't come from your boss. You think it does. It comes from the Lord. If you're where God wants you to be, that promotion comes from the Lord. Somebody better get ready to step up a notch. You better get ready for God to do something in your life spiritually because he wants to. He wants to bless us. As a matter of fact, as we're talking about blessings, it's time to give. Everybody that's not been able to come to church for the last week, are you ready to give this morning? Are you ready to get out here and put that offering in? Amen. And give to the work of the Lord. Amen. And it's good to see everybody back in church. I told Lisa this morning, okay, I've had enough. We're praying that no more snow comes. We rebuke it. We're all in agreement together. We've seen enough. She said, oh, you got converted. <laughs> no more. Amen. But let's, we, you know what? The Lord, God is still God. No matter what's going on, Miss Mildred, good to see you this morning. Amen. Been missing you. I was just thinking this morning, I said, I wonder when Mildred's going to. When Mills are going to come walk through that door, I'm better. There she comes. Praise the Lord. She's had some few issues recently, but God is in control, and he's going to see her through, and he's going to bless her. Amen. So it's good to see you, Miss Mildred. Let's pray. Take up the offering and ask the Lord to move this morning. Lord, we ask you to bless the offering today. We ask you to move in this service. We ask you to help us, Lord, that as the song said, that our soul would catch on fire that we would not allow the devil to put out the fire that you put down inside our soul. 
Lord, we thank you this morning for the blood. We thank you for the power of God that is so real in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the miracles, Lord, that you are performing, the miracles that you're going to perform, the healings that you're going to bring about in sick bodies. Lord, the finances, Lord, that you're going to bring to those who need them, Lord, the turnaround that you're going to bring in people's lives, God. We're believing that you are going to do great things in the days to come. We ask you to bless the offering this morning. Bless those who are watching this morning, who will watch later on. Move upon them, touch them, bless them, and help them in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh 
She was singing that other song. He has the power to free the bound. mm. Does anybody believe he does? Has anybody experienced? I'm I'm talking to some people who used to be bound. I said, I'm talking to some people who used to be bound by the devil. But when the power of God showed up, Oh, come on, somebody. I said, when the power, uh, he's got the power through that camera to free you from every bondage of the devil. He's got the power. He can break any bondage of the devil. I don't care how strong it is. I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's wickedness. He's got the power to free the bound. Amen. The prison, the chains can fall to the ground. Praise God. When you open the door and let Jesus come in, you can walk out free. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody, we got some testimonies in here this morning who know what we're talking about. I don't, I'm not talking about somebody you just heard a preacher talking about it. You've experienced the power. You didn't hear a preacher preach about it. You experienced the power. You didn't hear the preacher talk about the power. The power invaded your heart and invaded your life and you became a free man, praise God. Is anybody free this morning? Not because I said so, but because the Son has made you free. Oh, praise the Lord. Woo! Get the fire burning. Call the fire department. Put us out. Try it, devil. (laughs) Matthew chapter 16. No, I'm sorry. What am I talking about? Matthew... 
I'm t- sorry this morning, Matthew chapter 7. I did have a little verse from Matthew 16 I'm going to use, though, probably. Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going this morning. Again, it's good to see everybody today. Glad you made it to church. Matthew chapter 7. We will be having service this evening, too, so come back. We don't like to miss too much church. We don't have to. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, the Bible says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the same storm came. The rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell And it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you this morning to bless your word. We ask you for your anointing to make it real to us, to make it alive to us, to... Open it up to us, Lord. I pray this morning for every person here, for every person watching. God, that you would work in their heart, work in their life, that you would continue to do things. Lord, we know, God, that you're still in control despite what's going on in this world. You are still in control. And, Lord, I believe you're going to shake some things up in the days to come. And, Lord, I believe you're going to turn some things around for your church, for the true church. And, Lord, I believe we're going to see you pour out your spirit just like you promised in these last days. And we're going to see people saved by the blood of Jesus. We're going to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to see people healed. We're going to see the miracles that you promised you would perform, that you promised would follow them that believe. And, Lord, we believe this morning. We believe in Jesus. We believe he saves. We believe he heals. We believe he fills with the Holy Spirit. We believe that, Lord, you do everything. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless, again, everybody here and those watching in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. A a family member of mine sent me a message the other night. I was about half asleep, though, when I got it, and I was reading it on my phone and he asked me the question, and kind of sparked this, did, but it didn't, but it got me to thinking. He said, what, what, is a fault, what, what is a Christian with a faulty foundation? What does that mean? And, or a broken foundation? And instantly, these scriptures came to my mind from Matthew chapter 7. And I wrote him back, and I told him, you know, from what I felt that it means personally, according to the word, is that this this refers to the child of God who 
puts their faith in anything other than Jesus Christ as their sole source of salvation and victory over sin and whatnot. And, and if, if the, if they don't trust in Jesus Christ and put their faith in something else, then the Bible says when the storm comes, when the test comes, then we find out what we've been building on. You see, we, we experience, we have experienced something for the last few years. And remember when COVID hit? And I saw some guys on television talking about this the other night, about, you know, what they learned from, from COVID and, and this and that and made a few good points, but it got me to thinking, you know, the Lord allowed COVID to hit to shake the church. I believe that with all my heart to shake the church to get preachers and Christians to come back to where this all started. It ain't about our ministry. It ain't about how well we can preach or how well we can speak or how or about how great our denomination is. This is all about Jesus Christ. And the church has left the foundation for many years. We've been listening to stuff that ain't right. So God says, you know what? I gotta shake America and I gotta shake this Christianity in America and I'm gonna cause a shutdown so that everybody can look in the mirror and find out what they really believe for themselves. I believe that. With all my heart. It made us search. It made us take a look. It made us think. And that's what it was intended to do. That's what God wanted the church to do. But sadly, most didn't learn what it's really about. Because they went right back to religion as usual. Right back to business as usual. But I tell you this, I believe. Mm, I felt this this morning. And I feel it right now. I believe with all my heart, something worse is coming. It's coming to America. How can you say that? Look at the borders. Look at what is being allowed. The devil has a plan. And I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't going to wish you was around it. Joe Biden is being led by the devil. He's of the devil, and the people around him are of the devil. They're doing the devil's dirty work. But you, you know what? God is still in control. God has a plan in the midst of it. And, and the people that are flooding into this nation by the thousands every single day, you don't think that in the midst of all those people that there are not terrorists, you don't believe that there are radical Islamic Nuts that want to try to plan something worse than September 11th. You better wake up and smell the coffee. But you know what? We don't have to worry. And we as Christians, I don't have to fear. I don't have to... Look, the news, we hear it. We see it. We need to know what's going on. And and I, and I look at it and I think, God, what in the world is it going to take to wake the people of this nation up? Why didn't people learn? 
learned the last few years? Why hadn't we learned that we better get back to the gospel? We better get back to in God we trust. We better get back to the foundation of the Word of God. America better come back and remember God established this nation. God is the one who established. God led those men here, our forefathers, to establish a nation not built on how rich you can be, how much money you can get, but on the Bible, the Word of God. Not that they believed every single thing had it all just right, but they had principles. They had the principles. And those in Washington, many of them today, they'll say they believe the Bible. (laughs) Not this Bible. Not a King James Bible. Not a real Bible. Oh, no. Because, listen, if you believe the Bible, you know, hey, look. Go to Pakistan. Go to Saudi Arabia. Go to Afghanistan and try to cross their borders and see what happens to you. See if they'll welcome you with wide open arms and say, come on in. No, they'll welcome you with a machine gun and they'll mow you down. The devil is trying everything he can to destroy this nation. But you know, we as Christians have a promise from God that if we build our house the right way, now listen, we're talking about this spiritual house. I'm not talking about the outer because the outside can look real good and the inside can be dirty as dirty can be. I'm talking about the spiritual house. Jesus made it plain here Concerning the two foundations upon which people will either stand or fall. And to get the context of what he was saying, you really, as I always do, have to back up to read before and after in the context to find out exactly what is going on. Jesus, before, previous to this, was warning that there is a straight gate to get into heaven. See, people today don't believe in a straight gate. They believe that we're all God's children. We're all traveling the, the same path. We're, we're, we're blessed of the Most High God, but Jesus Christ made it plain that there's only one way, one gate to make it into eternal life. And let me tell you, He was referring to Himself. Get that out of my mouth. Some leftovers of what I have for breakfast, I guess. <laughs> I flossed this morning. I guess it finally popped out. <laughs> and he made it plain that there's, there's two foundations. And according to whichever one we build on, we'll determine how we live this Christian life. How will we, how we will react when bad things happen. But he said, Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many go in thereat. So that tells us the road to heaven, the road to God, is a narrow road. It can't be compromised. Jesus in John chapter 10 said, I am the door. 
There's not another door. There's one door and one key to have access to a relationship with God. It ain't through Buddha. It ain't through Muhammad. It ain't through Joseph Smith. It ain't through the Assemblies of God. It ain't through the Church of God. It ain't through the Baptist. It ain't through water baptism. It's through the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. He is the strength and narrow way. And if you want to enter into heaven, you must accept Him into your heart, become born again, and live for Him. Not just profession. I know Jesus. devil knows Him too. He knows Him. Enter in at the straight gate. Why? Why? Because wide is the gate. You know, most of the world is going to hell. Do you know that there's going to be more people in hell than in heaven? That's a fact. It's sad, but it's a fact. Wide is the gate. And broad, and many people are just going through it every single second. People are dying, losing their soul. Because either they've rejected the plan of God... They've turned a deaf ear to it. They think they're good enough to get to heaven. They think they don't need the cross. They don't need that sacrifice because they're, they're highly educated and, and they're real smart and, and they just know much better than you know. But the Bible says different. Salvation is not based on education. You can be smart and stupid. Do you hear that? I said, you can be smart and stupid. There's a rich man today who's still in hell, who was smart and had a lot of wealth and a lot of money, and there was a poor man that didn't have anything in heaven rejoicing in the presence of God because he accepted Jesus, even though he didn't understand all this stuff we have today. He still trusted God for his salvation And when they both died, the Bible said the angels of God came and took the poor beggar into paradise. But the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torments. And then he began to beg and plead to try to get out. And there is no way out once you're there. You can't bargain with God. When you leave this earth, your eternal destination is going to be heaven or hell based on whether or not you accept the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, he said in verse 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that go in. Few. Think about that. Few compared to the masses, there's few. You know, we today are in the minority. You in this church are in the minority. You are not in the majority. You are in the minority of those who believe the word of God despite 
the mockery. Despite people laughing at you, despite people making fun of you because you go to a church where people believe and a preacher believes that Jesus Christ died on a cross, shed His blood, was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead three days later and He tells you week after week after week that Jesus is the way, He's the truth, He's the life, He's the one that can set you free, He's the one that can change, He's the one that can give you peace down in your soul and people think you're crazy. But it's the truth. He is everything that we preach. He's salvation. He's peace. He's joy. He's victory. He's deliverance from sin. He's everything. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that go in. And he said this verse 15. Beware of false prophets. Here's the problem. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are revenant wolves. I'm going to say it again. You see, people, don't be fooled by what you see on the outside. Listen and pay attention to what people are preaching. Pay attention to doctrine because you can have a sheep or what looks like a sheep sitting right beside you, right behind you, right in front of you and be a devil in disguise. They come over television day after day over Christian television and they're wolves and sheep's clothing. They don't care about your soul. They don't care about deliverance from sin. All they want is your money, most of them. All they want is your stuff. That is a false prophet. False prophets, they look good, they sound good, but what is their message? What are they preaching to you in regards to salvation? Most of them, nothing. They don't care about your salvation. They want your stuff. They're all over television. And you would think again, after what's happened the last few years with COVID, some of them would have come to their senses and realized that their message is wrong. But they didn't. It's still all about money. It's still all about you being a champion. You're great. You're successful. God is for you. Nobody can be against you. Well, that's true if you're really living for Jesus Christ. But if you ain't saved, that ain't true. They come in sheep's clothing. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. How do I know what somebody is? Fruit. Lifestyle. Living for the Lord. Not perfection, but a desire to live a life for God. A desire for the things of God. Listen, he said, you shall know them by their fruits. And I'm going to skip down a little bit. He talks about the tree. Even so, every good tree that brings forth good fruit, it brings forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree brings forth what? Evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. You as a born again child of God cannot live in sin. Your lifestyle 
cannot continue to produce evil fruit. Now, from time to time, we all got a little rotten fruit, don't we? And we got some stuff that needs to be cut off. But our lifestyle tells what we are. We live a life clean before the Lord. Our fruit is there. We love God. We love people. We care about people's souls. We do everything we can to live according to the Word of God. We don't cuss. We don't drink. We don't smoke. Don't! Because we're Christians. Well, cuss from time to time, I guess. In the heat of the moment, when somebody loses it, when something bad happens, the wrong word comes out of the mouth. But the difference is, when that happens, you're going to be saying, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, God, I'm sorry. But you're not going to practice a lifestyle of using nasty language. If you do, you have corrupt fruit. Your fruit is corrupt. And I can judge you according to the word of God. You're not what you think you are. Jesus said it. Good trees cannot produce evil fruit. And look, a corrupt tree can't bring forth good fruit. It's one or the other. You make the tree right. And then the fruit is right, or the, the, the tree is evil, and the fruit is evil. It's one or the other. There's not no in-betweens. You're either saved or you're lost. He said, wherefore you shall know them by their fruits, you shall know them. And let us listen to this. Now he said, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Here's a warning. You see, well, I go to church. I tithe, I do this, and and I do that, and, and I'm faithful, and I do all these religious things. I'm a member of the first Baptist, the second Baptist, the, the third Baptist, the tenth Baptist, the missionary Baptist, the southern Baptist, the good old gospel Baptist. The more Baptists I heard somebody say than there is people. <laughs> He said, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Profession alone don't get it. Coming to church at family worship center alone don't get it. Being baptized in water, whatever you want to put in that place, will not seal your salvation and give you a relationship with God. But he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, what's his will? His will is that you accept his Son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. She was singing a little bit of that song this morning that whosoever believes in him should not perish, believes in him. You hear that? Believes in him, receives him, accepts him. Should not perish, but have everlasting life because God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might have eternal life. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, 
Have we not? In what day? In the day of judgment. When they stand before God. And listen, there's only going to be two judgments. Did you get that? There's a heaven, there's a hell, and there's only going to be two judgments. The judgment seat of Christ, where every Christian is going to be judged for the things he did here in this earth, or the judgment seat of God, the great white throne judgment where people who thought, who said, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? The church I went to said, Jesus is Lord over the door, but you never made Jesus your Lord. You never let Jesus come into your heart and change your life. You never have become born again. You're born from belief, but you're not born from above. They're going to say, did we not prophesy in your name? Man, we were in a Pentecostal church. We believed in prophecy. Did we not prophesy in your name? Have we not cast out devils? That tells me that a lot of these people had to have been claiming to be spirit-filled or Pentecostal or charismatic or something because I don't know too many Baptists run around prophesying. I don't know too many Baptists run around casting out devils. I know the spirit-filled people, we believe this stuff, don't we? Cast out devils, and in your name we done many wonderful works. Works. Here it is, works. Well, the pastor told me that if I got involved in his church and I would get involved in this program and if I would start handing out water and giving people food and everything, well, everything will be okay for me. But the pastor didn't preach salvation to you. He didn't bring you to repentance to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior to change your heart and change your life. But you were involved in the church doing things. And listen to this. Then I, this is Jesus, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Folks, this is a warning against deception. You can go to church. You can sit on a church pew. You can get involved in a church. You can join a church. And you can go through all the motions of Christianity. And you can miss heaven if you do not open your heart and accept Jesus Christ. Profession alone don't get it. There's got to be the possession. There's got to be the change. There's got to be the fruit that comes with it. And don't worry, if you really get saved, fruit's coming. 
I said, if you really get saved and you come to Jesus, I'll guarantee you there's some fruit coming. There's going to be some good fruit going to show up in your life and somebody is going to see your fruit and somebody's going to recognize this ain't the same old so-and-so that I always have known. There's something different about this life. I don't understand it, but for some reason, he ain't drinking anymore. He's, he, I noticed that the last time I had a conversation, I didn't even hear a cuss word out of his mouth. I noticed that the last what in the world is going on? Let me tell you, the only one that can do that ain't a doctor, ain't a psychologist, or a psychiatrist. It ain't Dr. Phil. It ain't a two-step program, a 12-step program. But Jesus Christ has the power to change your whole life. But you got to come to know him. You gotta surrender to him. You gotta believe, not just believe he died on the cross, accept it! With all your heart, and when you do, oh, your world will change. Your life will start changing. And people then are gonna take note of it. They're gonna recognize what in the world has happened here. And you know what that does? That opens the door for you to say, oh, let me tell you what happened to me last week when I was at home in the bathroom <laughs> taking a shower at home in the bedroom just laying in the bed at home or just driving down the road in my car and all of a sudden something come over me. Oh. And I got under conviction and I cried out to God and I said, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And all of a sudden, something happened in my life. I can't explain it, but I'm telling you, I feel like a brand new person. You mean God works like that? Oh yeah, God works like that. Oh yes, God works like that. God don't need your hand or my hand to get anybody changed, although he uses us. He can do it in the most strangest of places with a person. Places that you and I, you wouldn't even think about going to. He will. He'll deal with people. And He wants people to be saved right now. You watching through the camera. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to know that you know that you know that your name is going to be written in heaven. That you will have eternal life. And that you from this day forward, your life can be different. You don't have to stay the same. But just professing. Christianity is not going to get it. I heard Brother Donnie talk about this a week or two on the radio program or on television. How that so many people get involved in Christianity. They, 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 they make the mental ascent to it. They, uh, they, uh, adapt or adopt the tenets of Christianity, but they don't accept Jesus Christ, the one who can change their life. And that's why we have so many people in churches all over, I won't call them churches, they're not, all over this world with people that have never been born again. They're just adopting the tenets of Christianity. Be a good person. The Bible does teach that we're supposed to be good. And you don't kill, you don't steal. You, and that's right. There's a lot of things that we don't do. And they think because they keep a few of those and they don't do it, they're okay. 
But the one thing if you don't do will send you to hell. And that is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior into your heart, not your head. I said into your heart, not your head, because it's in here where the change begins to take place. And when it gets in here, trust me, it'll start getting out here. When it gets in here, it'll start moving on the outside. And then somebody's going to know that you're different. They say, we cast out devils. We did many wonderful works. Jesus said, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're a sinner. You're living in sin And it doesn't matter how good you think you are. If you reject Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and you don't open your heart to let Him get down inside where the change takes place, it won't be welcome and come on into heaven, my faithful servant. It's going to be depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. They said they knew Him, but He said, I don't know you. Now, let's go back up to verse 24. Now, with where I started this morning. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, look, and he what? He does them. So, see, Christianity ain't just about what you hear. It's about what you're doing, too. Because along with the hearing, there's got to be the doing. Come on, somebody. I said along with the hearing of the gospel, the fruit, is implanted into your heart. The seed, I should say, is implanted into your heart and life. And as it is watered by the Holy Spirit, the change begins to take place in your life. And so you find that you're not just a a hearer of the Word, but you are a hearer and you are doing what it says. Well, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to do what the Word says. I'm supposed to accept Jesus Christ into my heart and then the power of God, the Holy Spirit, gives me the help to be able to do what I'm supposed to do. And then that's why I stop doing what I used to do. That's why I start loving people instead of hating people. Come on, somebody. You know, before you got saved, some of y'all, y'all just mean as a devil. Somebody do something wrong, bam, you ready to kill them and get rid of them instantly. You ain't like that now, are you? You need to change. You need to change. Because your mercy ain't God's mercy. (laughs) You better remember that. You ain't God and I ain't worshiping you. You can tell how much of a Christian is a Christian by how much they can put up with somebody who fails a lot. Mm-hmm. How much they can forgive the brother or sister who's done wrong again. Come on, y'all. I know I'm preaching real quiet up in here. We can find out how much that fruit of the Spirit, you know that part that says, long-suffering. How much you can put up with, with those around you, in your family, people that have messed up, people that did wrong in the eyes of your eyes, in the eyes of your, whatever. How much forgiveness 
do you have? Are you doing the word? Are you just hearing? God, the, the, the Bible makes it plain that if you don't forgive those that have sinned, whether against you, against the church, whoever, God will not forgive you of your sins. So you know where that leaves you? In the same boat. You're operating like a heathen. You're refusing to open your heart and let God clean some stuff out. Get rid of it. Don't be just a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. Oh, I know I'm preaching good right now. And like I said, you can find out what somebody does wrong in the church. Somebody in the family, somebody around, you just see how much patience other Christians have. How much forgiveness, how much, oh, I see that this person did this because of this or this or this. And God have mercy on them. God help them because, Lord, I know that if it wasn't for your mercy, I could be the one acting like a fool like them. There's your doing the word. <laughs> Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, and there's a whole lot more, that's just one I felt like the Lord wanted me to pinpoint because we need some forgiveness in the church. No, we need some forgiveness in our heart. We need to learn how to overlook a brother's failure that's struggling. Somebody that's done it for the tenth time. They said that they wouldn't do it again and realize that, hey, you know what? It's just flesh. The person's weak and, and God is teaching them something. God's trying to do something in them. And if it wasn't for God's grace, I'd be right where they are. Come on, y'all. God will give a person a whole lot more chances if that person is sincere. He will. Will you? He said, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Now, we all know this morning what the rock represents, don't we? Who does the rock represent? It's Jesus. It's the cross. It's the foundation by which we come into a relationship with God. But you see, when we do, when we accept him, as I've already said, we are required to be doers of the word. We're required to practice what the word says. We're required to keep our faith solely in what Jesus did at the cross. And as we do, the foundation is laid. Look, and everything else starts getting built off of that. So our house is being built up. It's not being torn down. It's being strengthened. And as we do, the Bible said, he said, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not because it was founded upon a rock. How do you know, how do I know if what I have is of God? It's very simple. The storm is coming. The test is coming. You're going to be tried. I mean, Adam, just talking about that promotion this morning, the devil hates that. 
He don't even like the blessings that God gives you in the material. He fights that. I've had him do it many times when God's opened a door for me to be blessed. And here comes the evil one trying to hinder it. He don't like your financial blessings. He don't like your spiritual blessings. He don't like the blessings in your family, in your children. And he'll do anything to try to tear it down. The storm comes to test those who have been hearing the message of the cross in Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried because it ain't enough for you to come and sit on a seat. And we're glad you do. We love you. But now what you've been hearing has got to be put into possession and now it's got to start working in your heart and in your life. And you got, and when it does, you're going to see increase in your life. You're going to see increase in your family, increase in your finances. God will bless you financially. Don't you let the devil lie to you. He will. But also, when God gives you the blessing, a test comes. I mean, there's danger. You've heard me say this. There is danger in hearing the message of the cross. If you've never learned it, there's danger because what it does is it's true and it opens the door, spiritually speaking. And I mean, you, God will turn your lights on. He'll show you things you've never seen. But along with that revelation, Peter, get ready because the devil's coming to test you, to try to tempt you, to try to pull you away. But you see, God is the one who allows the storm to come. Why? Because he wants to reveal to us what we're building on. As I've already said, I believe COVID was designed, God allowed it to happen to show the church today what we're building on. He said the rain descended, the floods came, the wind blows, Man, it's getting kind of hot around my house. It's getting a little dangerous, Brother Thomas. Seems like every direction I turn, I've been getting hit with something. Thank God you just were honored by God to be put into a test to see how you will come out of it. To find out if your foundation is what it's supposed to be And if it is, you're going to be blessed. I said, if it is, you're going to be blessed. He said the wind and it beat upon that house. It was a furious storm. But it fell not because it was founded upon a rock. Remember when Jesus asked his disciples in Matthew 16, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They, some say, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're one of the prophets. You're Elijah risen from the dead. But Jesus looked at them and he said, well, who do you say? Let's forget about the crowd around us. Let's forget about the church of God and the symbols of God and the Baptist and the Methodist just for a minute right here in this little church. Who do you say? That Jesus is. 
Who do you believe that Jesus Christ really is? And Peter spoke up and said, I got a revelation from God right now. I feel the Holy Ghost coming on me and I know good and well that the man I'm looking at ain't like every other man. I've seen him work too many miracles. I've seen him do too many things and this must be the Son of the living God. I say unto you, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. You are God's only Son. And Jesus looked at him and said, Blessed are you, Peter for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you see you can't get this revelation from Thomas Clymer you gotta get it from the Holy Ghost you can't get this from Brother Swagger you gotta get it on your in your prayer closet you gotta get it on your knees you gotta get it reading Romans 6, 7 and 8 and studying it for yourself you gotta get it by getting along with God and he said you're blessed Peter he said I'm, he said, I'm gonna call you the rock, Peter, upon this rock, he said, I will build my church. Your name is Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. What rock? Jesus is the rock. He's salvation. He's freedom. He's deliverance from sin. What foundation are you building on this morning? Are you being changed? If not, check your foundation. Do you have the love of God in your heart? If not, check your foundation. Is your life being changed? If not, check the foundation. Because this is where the Lord was trying to take them. Look, there's two feathers. There can only be one or the other. And he said, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them not. He said, shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. You got two foundations, the rock, the solid rock, or the world. Because everybody knows you can't go out and lay two-by-fours down on the ground. Right, Michael? You can't put two-by-sixes on the ground in sand by the sea and build you a house and think that when a hurricane comes that your house ain't coming down. Because that ain't the kind of foundation that's going to stand the test. The church had better wake up and realize that Jesus is the rock. The cross is the foundation. The blood, the sacrifice is the way to God. Come on, somebody. The death, the burial, and the resurrection is what signed and sealed and has delivered our souls today. And when the devil shows up, when the storm comes, when the illegal immigration hits our country, praise God, we still got a rock to stand on. We ain't following the world. We ain't following the flesh. We ain't following the devil. We're building up on the rock. So come on, devil, bring every storm you got. Because in the end, when it's all said and done, God's people are going to be looking real good. There's going to be people falling all around you, praise God. I don't mean that in the, the wrong way, but they're going to. But you're going, your house ain't going to fall. While all these houses are crumbling down around us, while the church of God is crumbling, while the assemblies of God is crumbling, while the oneness is crumbling, while the Baptists are Crumbling. Family worship center church in Athens, Tennessee ain't built upon a denomination. It's built upon the blood. It ain't gonna fall. 
Why? Because Jesus said it won't. Who do you believe? Jesus said it won't fall. And listen, this is a personal thing. You as a Christian, you don't have to fall. You don't have to give in and give up and fold up whenever the test comes. When the storm comes because you got a greater strength inside that you got a greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you can stand, you can withstand the test. You can withstand the storm. Your house is being built the right way. So this tells us if you build your foundation the wrong way, that means for those of you that laugh at what I preach, laugh on. Because the storm's coming to you too. But you know, we don't have to fall. We don't have to fail. We don't have to fold. We've got a source. We've got a relationship with Jesus. We know Him. Do you know Him? Do you talk to Him? Do you pray to Him? Do you fellowship with Him? Do you, do you know Him? I said, do you know him? Well, I, I, I know I come to church on a regular basis. Do you know him? I sat in my office yesterday morning just reminiscing. The Holy Spirit hit me looking at old pictures of the day we got water baptized. God took me back nearly 25 years ago and I sit in that office having a Holy Ghost fit, Sister Karen. I mean, here come, boy, tears just begin to flow. And I begin to look at those pictures and look into to the face of myself and my wife. And even as rough as we were, as awful as we were, man, you could see our countenance was lit up. Within a few months, you could tell we were not the same people. I said, oh, praise God. I know we was rough, but thank God we were new creations in Jesus Christ. And I looked at those pictures as we went down to that little boat ramp down in Loudoun, Tennessee in April when it was still cool. And we said, we want to go down into the water. We want everybody to know what Jesus Christ has done in our life. We ain't ashamed of it and we're ready to tell somebody and as I went by, I began to think about that. I was sitting there and I just had me a Holy Ghost fit and I said praise God. Look what the Lord has done. I sent those pictures to my wife. I said look at this. Look, We look rough but look at our faces. I said but hold on honey because you ain't seen nothing yet because God is about to do greater things than we've ever imagined. Oh it ain't that with here church it's just getting started Mr. Jones what God has started in this church in these lives in these hearts he's made a promise and praise God those promises they're going to come to pass and the devil ain't going to stop that because we're building on the rock I look at them pictures and so I, I do at times, and I think about where we used to be, and I think about what God has done. I think, how can anybody be so stupid who knew us to not believe that the power of God is so real? How could you be so ignorant to know what the kind of lives we live and how the devil nearly destroyed both of us? But Jesus <laughs> stepped in. <laughs> Woo, Jesus came looking for me. 
There's a part of the line that song said, well, nobody else cared. He walked through the storm, and he came looking for me. And he did. He walked through some storms, all right. He walked through hell itself. He pushed the devil to one side and pushed him to the other side and said, I'm going to make myself real to these two right here. I'm going to appeal to them one more time. And I'm going to change their whole world when they buckle this time and when they cry out to me. I'm going to change them by the power of my spirit. I'm going to make a testimony out of them. I'm going to confound their family members. I'm going to confound their old friends. I'm going to confound people in the church. And I'm going to use them. That's what God wants to do with you. I don't live off just my testimony. It ain't just my testimony. It's what Jesus did, praise God. It's the one who did it. It ain't just about the testimony. It's about the one who performed the miracles. You got to know him. You got to have a relationship with him. You got to live this. Look, the, the best of your ability, you got to live this out. You can't just be hearing the things that the preacher's saying. You gotta be doing them. I'm convinced why some Christians don't read the Bible as they should. They're afraid of what some things are gonna speak to them. And they got those parts in the Bible they really like, and they like those little personal pet scriptures that they like to use as blessing scriptures, but when you get on over to that other stuff that's negative, kind of skip on over that. You know, like a lot of them Baptists do too with the book of Acts. Oh, they'll talk about how those gifts are not here and all that. They've gone away, da-da-da. But you can't get them, honestly, with open heart. Get in that book and start from the beginning and seek God and get on them knees and pray and ask God if this is really real still for me. I want it. You can't get them to go there. But they'll try to use other New Testament books to try to explain away what God's trying to give to people. Amen? God wants to bless his people. Look, the rain descended, the floods came. Look, the same storm comes to the same people. And I want to read this because this was really good. Brother Swagger said this in his notes, while the sun shines, both houses look good. And I thought, yeah, that's true. While the sun shines, while there's money in the bank, things are going good in the family, going good in church, going good on the job. Everything looks really good. But when the storm comes, when the bad report hits, when the doctor says you got this sickness, you're not going to live too much longer. The boss says, I'm going to fire you. The world says, and the government says, we don't want to hear about your Jesus. What are you going to do then? Your husband, your wife looks at you and says, I don't want your God. then how will you live will you still stay planted on the solid rock because the same storm is coming but if you're building your house on anything forget about the sand 
if you're building it on anything else other than Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross, when this storm hits, you're not going to make it. You're going to become a spiritual wreck. You're going to become a nervous wreck. You'll turn to pills. You'll turn to drugs. You'll turn to alcohol. You'll turn to the world. And that is not what God wants for his children. The foundation gets tested on both sides. And it says the same storm comes, the same floods, the same wind, and beat up on the house. And it said it fell. But it didn't say that it just fell. It said great was the fall thereof. We've seen this happen again the last three years, haven't we? We have seen Christianity go down the tubes. I was watching television the other night and going through the channels, and I just happened to stop on one of the channels, and I could not believe what I was seeing. It blew me away. I couldn't believe it. And I've always liked John Hagee. I'm not speaking anything negative against him. His son was interviewing a young African-American on his program, and they were talking about some things and whatnot, and then they showed a clip of him having a concert in their church, and people, it's awful. It was awful, folks. It looked like a rap concert. The words, the words are no good. There's no Holy Spirit. And I thought, my, I can't believe that this is happening in John Hagee's church. But you see, this is where the younger generations are going. Degrading. Down. And I, and I posted it on the internet. I put it on Facebook and I, I just flat out told some people, if you think this is of God, you need to go get on your knees somewhere. And you need to have a talk with the Lord because this ain't of God. It's awful. It's sickening. And you don't blame that young man so much as you do the preachers that have influenced him to think you can put earrings in your ears. You can, you can dress like a hulam. I saw the same guy on a video walking around out in public with his pants halfway down to his knees. And I thought that is our example. As a pastor, a Christian, listen, that is not the foundation of the cross. It's not. How can you say that? Fruit. Fruit. And I'm not condemning them, but I saw that and my heart just sank. I said, I can't believe what I'm seeing. But this is only getting worse and worse and worse. God let the storm hit America and we didn't get better, but worse. What is coming next? What is going to come to America to wake the church up? To wake Christians up and realize, listen... It ain't what it appears to be. Deception is real. You can believe a lie thinking you're believing the truth. That's why you got to build your house up on the rock. Because when you stay close to him, he will reveal to you that which is not right. Stand to your feet if you would. Miss Grace, would you come?
Deception is real, folks. And I believe that Jesus, this is exactly one of the things that Jesus is warning against here. Don't be deceived by profession. Don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. Again, that don't mean you're perfect. None of us are perfect. But we're doing what we can to live our lives right. We may be struggling, but we're struggling to serve God. You hear me? You might be struggling, but you're struggling to want to live for the Lord. You ain't wanting to live for the devil. You ain't wanting to commit things that the Bible says are outright sin. And if you're building on the wrong foundation, when the storm comes, you're going to fall. But if you're building on the right foundation, when the storm is over, everything clears, this foundation is going to still be there. Fruit is not going to, going to diminish. It's going to increase. I watched God move for two years as COVID spread through all, about, all around this nation. And I watched God move right here in this church as we stayed open and we did what God told us to do. Yeah, people got sick. Some people did. We know that ain't no secret. But we did not let it stop us from proclaiming the Word of God. And I believe because we obeyed God, God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you a greater opportunity in the days ahead to take the true gospel, not a false gospel, a true gospel with a power behind it to get people into the kingdom before it's too late. Listen, if you want to pray this morning, if you got family members, you got people you know, they're not on the right path, they're following stuff that ain't right, but this is the altar call. Come and pray for them. Pray that they be not deceived. Pray that God open their eyes. Pray that God direct us, that He guide us, that He help us to make sure that we stay, that we're building on the right foundation. If that's you this morning, step out. You want to pray for yourself. You want to pray for somebody else. Time is running out, church. Time is running out. God wants to move in these last days. And we pray against the, the deception of the evil one. We pray against the powers of hell. We pray the blood of Jesus over this church, over our family members. In the name of Jesus, we take authority by the power of God. Praise God. Come on, just begin to pray, church. You got family, they need, the, they need their eyes open. Pray for them. People watching through that camera, they need your eyes open. Let the Spirit of God touch you right where you are. He'll make this real to you. He wants to make it real, church. Come on, just begin to worship Him. He breathed again and rose to stand in my defense.
sights the blind and heals the sick and the lonely find and he has the To cleanse my soul and let its liquid glory flow because he lives to make me whole. I owe my life, I owe it all. So I come to tell you he's alive, to tell you he can drive every tear that falls. And so I See you. 
God to pull the cover back. Take the blinders off the eyes of those that are blinded by religion. Amen. He can do it. He did it for some of us, didn't he? Open them blinded eyes. Amen. Come back tonight. Be ready to have church again. Good to see everybody again this morning. We love all of you. God bless you. Go out. Praise the Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-444-0774.